0: On today's show, John and I are going to make the case that the Halos should sign Kodai Sangha. We're going to share the pros and the cons and then give our evaluation. So it's a perfect time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. <music> You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles
1: Angels podcast. Part
0: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every show is free and available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. If you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you let us know that you're here with a like, a comment. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show. And don't forget to click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts.
1: Hey, we're so happy to have you with us for this edition of Lockdown Angels where it's your team every single day you've got the fresh brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is John and that's my brother Mike
0: and my name is Mike and that's my brother John we're
1: lifelong fans of the halos and we're glad that you decided to join us so we hope that you are a lifelong fan as well and if you're a new fan well allow us to welcome you to angel fandom where there's always a lot of hope in the off season the inevitable disappointment. But that's been like the last 10 years. There's been hopeful seasons before. And it's time to
0: change things, Johnny. It's time Johnny. to change.
1: And Mike, one of the ways that the Angels could change their fortune in 2023 is by taking a look at this player that we're going to talk about today. Kodai Senga, a pitcher from Japan who is yep. now available for the taking for Major League Baseball. He is on his way over to the USA. He's already been meeting with teams. The Angels have been rumored to be interested in him. Of course, like I said, he's a starting pitcher, a very successful one at that, and he would definitely add something to our Angels rotation. So why don't we get started going over the pros of why it would be great for the Halos to land Kodai Senga. All
0: right. Let me start with a couple of, I think, really important pieces. One, there's no posting fee. So there's Mm -hmm. no upfront cost, right? No money down, no obligation, right? (laughs) So no upfront cost, no qualifying offer. So you're not going to lose a draft pick. The Angels already lost a second round draft pick because they signed Tyler Anderson, And there's enough service time to be a full international free agent, which is great. Now, Kodai is 29 years old. He spent 11 seasons with the SoftBank. Hawks. That's fun Mm -hmm. to say. And he's had over a thousand innings pitched. He had a strikeout ratio uh, of 10.3. His ERA in his career is 2.59. And and this guy has just been really, really dominant. Here's his 2022 season, Johnny 11 and 6, 194 ERA, a 9.8 Ks per nine. He has a whip of 1.05. And he did hit 101 miles per hour this last season. So the guy yeah. has some fire in that arm. Kodai actually played against Team USA in the WBC in 2017. Johnny, he struck out Eric Hosmer. Mm. It's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon and Buster Posey. Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich over two innings of work, and he Ooh. tapped out, topped out at 96 on his fastball.
1: And I just say, too, that's 2017, so those are prime years for yes. all six of those guys or all five Strong. of those guys, I should say. Yeah. So to strike out all those guys over two innings, come on.
0: Yeah, Johnny, he's got what they call a ghost fork ball. And like a ghost it? fork ball is essentially a nasty splitter with good run towards the hitter or moving away from the hitter, depending on what side of the plate they're batting. So just dominant and it's hard to hit. And isn't it true of those pitchers that come from Japan? They they almost like invent pitches and Mm -hmm. then they try them out when they come over here and and, and it shows that way and he just can learn a pitch and he can really dominate with a pitch tell us more about Kodai
1: there is a great YouTube channel you should check out uh, Lance Brozdowski on YouTube ran a profile on Kodai Senga he has seen him in person in the NPB so he was able to get some analysis that's actually kind of hard to find out there because in the NPB they don't really keep the same stats and data and analytics that we do in Major League Baseball. They're getting there, but when things like StatCast for MLB are on the table, it's easy to dive into the data. Not so much with players from foreign leagues, but here's what Lance had to say. His splitter separates from his fastball by about 16 inches, Mike. Wow. The league average in Major League Baseball is 10 inches. So that's oh. why that splitter, the ghost forkball is so deadly. Here's his pitch mix in 2022 in the NPB. He threw a four-seam fastball 45% of the time, sits around 96. That splitter slash ghost forkball, he threw that about 19% of the time. That comes in at about 84. He's got a cutter 16% of the time, 88 miles per hour. A slider he threw 13% uh, 13 of the time at 82 miles per hour. A sinker at about 4%, and a curveball, which he only used... 2% of the time at 77 Mm. miles per hour. Now, get this the 2022 swing and miss rate on his splitter for Kodai Senga, 60% plus in the NPB. Now, the MLB average on swing and missing on splitters is 30%. Just to give you a frame of reference, Shohei Otani gets a 49% swing and miss rate on his splitter. We saw
0: all of those last season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we did. And to me, that screams that Kodai Senga is going to have an effective splitter, much like Shohei Otani's, even if it doesn't quite match what he was able to do in NPB because the level of hitting is much better in MLB. We'll still see a similar profile. Mike, there was a great tweet. We've actually shared this before. We had a mailbag question about Kodai Senga. And this writer from Fangraphs and The Athletic, he's a
0: former writer for both, Sungmin Kim had a lot to say about Kodai Sangha. Why don't you hit us with that? Yeah, he's got a fastball. He said he has a fastball that hits the mid-90s. He's touched 100. We mentioned that already. He's got high efficiency in his four-seam spin. And so the, it, it it's, it's hard to hit, and it comes strong. And he can be effective in locating it high, in the strike zone. He's got a splitter in the mid-80s. It's swing and miss, a secondary swing and miss pitch. And he's got nice tumbling action. Again, I sound like Mark Gubiza. I love this. He's got (laughs) nice tumbling action, above average depth that fools hitters as the pitch reaches home plate. He's got a cutter in the high 80s. It's got really sharp movement. His second best secondary pitch is his cutter. And and this thing is really, really strong. And it gives a different look than his fastball does. It's kind of got a north and south approach. And so he's got just a plethora of pitches John he's got a slider in the mid 80s he's got a curveball in the 70s he doesn't throw that too often when he does he's really really effective his command is average he does have a high walk rate 9 to 10 percent in his career but his last two seasons have been better 7.9 and Mm 8.6 and he can really hold his velocity deep into starts, which is key mm. in the MLB, right? Fangraph says he throws enough strikes to start. His strength would be changing the eye level of different hitters, Johnny. Absolutely. And then there's always the question
1: of how do these skills translate to the major leagues once a player comes over from Japan? Something we've covered before, we'll bring it up again here, is taking a look at Yu Darvish, Masahiro Tanaka, and Kenta Maeda, their last year in Japan versus their first year in the U.S., so Yu Darvish with the Nippon Ham Fighters in 2011, he went 18 and six, had a 1.44 ERA, 10.7 Ks per nine. Get this, a 0.828 WHIP. Good grief! And then Darvish in his first year with Texas in 2012 went 16 and nine, had a 3.90 ERA, 10.4 Ks per nine. So that pretty much stayed the same, and then a 1.280 WHIP. With the Rangers, Masahiro Tanaka with the Golden Eagles in 2013. Get this, 24 and 0 with a 1.27 ERA, 7.8 Ks per nine, and a .943 WHIP. Then when he came over to the Yankees in 2014, he went 13 and 5, had a 2.77 ERA, 9.3 Ks per nine, so that went up, and then he had a 1.056 WHIP. So pretty much the same WHIP. Across the two leagues. Finally, Kenta Maeda with the Hiroshima Karp in 2015. He went 15 and 8, had a 2.09 ERA, 7.6 Ks per 9, 1.013 whip. And then with the Dodgers in his first season with them in 2016, he went 16 and 11, a 3.48 ERA, 9.2 Ks per 9. So again, a higher K rate, yeah. and a 1.131 whip with the Dodgers. So that's Kenta Maeda right there. Mike, I think based on those numbers, you can expect Kodai Senga, who again had a really great ERA this last season, a a 1.94 ERA. You might expect adding two to two and a half to that ERA. So we might see something, a 3 ERA, a 3.5, which to me says He'll fit right in the middle of this rotation. Right. And if we can add another pitcher, who can, at the most, the floor is three and a half ERA and a ceiling is maybe like a two and a half ERA. The Ks per nine stay about the same. He's striking out guys and he's going deep into games and keeping that velocity all the way to the eighth inning. Mike, we need pitchers who can go the distance. And it seems like Kodai Senga might be the guy to do it. So... Those are the pros that we saw with Kodai Senga. Next up, we'll get to the cons. And uh, we hope that we'll have a better picture of who he is coming up here in just a bit.
0: Locked on Angels is brought to you by BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer to esports. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love podcasts, they've got betting podcasts at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. And for your second listen today, go and check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're making the case for the Angels to sign Kodai Senga, be a right-handed pitcher, would fit right in into this left-handed, strong left-handed mm-hmm. starting rotation. Which by the way, Johnny, when was the last time we really had a group of left-handed starters that were strong? Maybe it was Langston, Finley, and Abbott? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, it's been right. a while, right? Right. And so I really I really like our starting rotation now tyler anderson's in there and kodai is going to be if the angels sign him would be a strong right-handed starter for us we shared some of the pros johnny why don't you get us started let's talk about some of the cons in signing kodai yeah just with making sure we set our expectations to reasonable not
1: too much or too little <laughs> yeah. to reasonable turn that dial to reasonable uh, lance brosdowski Again, a great YouTube channel you should check out. He's got some great baseball content there. He said that we should expect him to struggle just a bit to make the adjustment. And here's why. NPB balls are slightly smaller. They're pre-tacked, so it's easier to grip. That means Mm. they're not being rubbed with dirt. They got a little bit of tack on them so that they're easier to grip. That kind of changes things for the way the pitcher holds and throws the baseball. Spin rate, in particular, tends to drop as a result of this when coming over from the NPB to MLB. Lance Brozdowski also said data and analytics are not tracked as well or kept in NPB compared to what MLB does, so it leaves some question marks on how his stuff will play. They won't have all the data and insight that they need right off the bat. So in his first year for Kodai Senga, Lance Brozdowski believes that Kodai would slot in to a rotation as a 4 or a 5. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't be good in the future, but it does mean he could get off to a rough start. But teams are going to make adjustments by getting that data that they need while he's in the MLB. They're going to track what he's doing in those first few starts, so they'll make adjustments. It's not something to be concerned about. They'll be able to get him hooked up to those motion sensors and get a good sense of how he's throwing the ball. And then analytics teams will be able to go from there. In fact, Kodai Senga, this might be a pro, says he's interested in a team who wants to win Hmm. and is very invested in analytics. Sounds like the Angels to me, Mike. So Just to prepare ourselves for Kodai Senga's debut in the U.S., because the data isn't quite there yet, he might struggle to make the adjustment.
0: Let me give you a uh, a comparable example. Uh, I'm going to talk about Kikuchi, who came over in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last season in Japan was great: 14 and four, 3.08 ERA, 8.4 K to nine strikeout rate, um, and he had a 1.03 WHIP. Now, his first season with the Mariners was 2019: six and eleven, five four six ERA. His Ks were way down, Mm 6.5, and he did have a lot of walks and hits, 1.5. Now, it was with the Mariners. It was with Seattle, so we won't hold that against him.
1: (laughs) So, just so we're aware, Kodai's numbers he had in his last season with the SoftBank Hawks, 11-6, 1.94 ERA, a 9.8K per nine. So, just to compare with Kikuchi, Kodai is the better pitcher here. He was the better pitcher in the NPB, and... I think those numbers will play better over here than Kakuchi's first year.
0: For sure. Now there is some competition for Kodai. Yes. Padres, Dodgers, Rangers, <laughs> Red Sox, Mets, Yankees, all teams with deep, deep, deep pockets. And they're <laughs> they're ready to be a, a team that's going to bring him in. And so it does make you wonder if the Angels are gonna be able to afford kodai johnny let's talk numbers let's talk money for just a moment perry's been great he's got 33 million dollars added to our salary next season but he's done it in a really strategic way. And if we got Kodai, it might cost us a little bit more than what maybe what Perry's willing to spend. So why don't you talk money for just a moment?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Masahiro Tanaka's contract from 2014 that he got with the Yankees. It came to $155 million in 2014. That was for seven years, about $22 million a year. Mike, I ran the numbers. I did the inflation check. And in 2022, $155 million for Tanaka comes to about $195 million. Wow. So that's okay. about $28 million per year.
0: Woo. And let's talk you, Darvish, for a moment. Uh, $60 million when he signed in 2012. It was a six-year six deal, $10 million a year. That's and a steal. So, yeah, that is a great, <laughs> great steal. Now, adding inflation and, and growth and all of that stuff, that would be about a $75 million contract right now, 12.5 a season. Now, that, Johnny, 12.5 doesn't sound bad to me, right? Tyler Anderson sure. was 13, so that actually sounds a bit doable. The the years, I'm not sure about, but the the... The yearly cost of twelve point five—that feels—that feels doable to me.
1: Yeah, that's a good annual value. say Kikuchi was a recent signing in twenty nineteen. He signed with the Mariners for forty three million. He had a six million dollars signing bonus, and it averaged to about fourteen million a year. Finally, this is the most recent player to come over from Japan, yep. and he's not a pitcher, but he's a great outfielder. One of my favorite Cubs, Seiya Suzuki. He signed an $85 million contract. That's five years with the Cubs yeah. with a $5 million signing bonus that actually averages out to about $17 million a year. Here's the thing, though. This first year in 22, Suzuki got $7 million, and then the contract is sort of mm. backloaded from there. But annual average value is $17 million for, say, a Suzuki. Having said all that, it feels like Kodai might find himself... Somewhere in between a Yu Darvish contract and a Masahiro Tanaka contract. So I expect, like you said, that $12.5 million annual value is pretty sweet. And considering Tyler Anderson may have undersigned for about $13 million compared to what he would have gotten elsewhere sure. for three years, I could see Kodai Senga ending up somewhere between Masahiro Tanaka and Yu Darvish at the end of the day.
0: All right, so we're making the case for the angels to sign Kodai Senga and we gave the pros, we gave the cons. Let's, let's evaluate it, John. Let's finish the equation. Let's finish the problem mm-hmm. and let's ask some really important questions. First of all, do you like the pitching stuff that it has been reported in, in all those different avenues? Do you like what has been reported about his pitching arsenal?
1: You know, MLB network has been showing the clip that we referred to earlier from the 2017 World Baseball Classic when Kodai Senga was on Team Japan and he pitched against Team USA. They've been showing the clip where he does strike out Eric Hosmer and McCutcheon and Posey and Stanton and Yelich. Dude, it looks good. Mm. That pitching repertoire looks really good. And then, of course, there's tons of clips of him in the MPB. So, I like the stuff. I'm glad that we were able to get a better breakdown from Lance Brosdowski on YouTube to see how much he's using that stuff. I like it, Mike. I think it plays very well with uh, the MLB, and I think that his skills will definitely translate. Where do you think Kodai slots into the Angels rotation? A lot of people say he could be a 2 or a 3. Uh, Brozdowski thinks his first year he's going to be a 4 or a 5 but considering the unique situation the angels have with a six man rotation and some guys who are better than others, where do you see him fitting in this rotation? I
0: think he's four. Mm. I think it's Shohei, obviously Tyler Anderson's number two. And I think that you have Patrick Sandoval number three, and then mm. you throw in the right-hander Senga at number four, mm-hmm. then Reed Detmers, then Jose Suarez. I think that that's okay. the starting rotation that the angels sign him. That's what it's going to look like. In fact, whoever the Angels sign, whoever that pitcher is, I think that that right-handed pitcher needs to slot in at three or at four. If it's Senga, I think it's going to be four. Now, Johnny, how much do you think Kodai would cost the Angels?
1: So again, going back to Tanaka's numbers and that $155 million deal in 2014, that was about $22 million. Adjusting for inflation, that's $28 million this time. You Darvish adjusted for inflation on his first contract in MLB that was about 12 and a half. Mike, I think the Angels would be happy to get Kodai Senga at about 15 million, perhaps if the years are shorter, they might even go up to 18 or 20 million. That's going to cost a lot, but remember the competition with the Rangers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres. Tons of people are interested in him, and so I think you're going to have to make him a pretty solid offer, and I think it will fall in between the kind of offer Darvish and Tanaka got when they signed their deals, obviously adjusted for a salary in 2022. So I think that $15 million is probably the low end, $18 million is probably the middle, and $20 million would be where the Angels top out with him. That's is where I think he would end up getting paid. We'll see what happens when he gets a contract.
0: Now, do the Angels make this move, John? And I don't think that they do. Here's why. Hmm. Because Perry has done everything that we didn't expect him to do, right? (laughs) I mean, we have gone through every offseason with these Angels for the last 30-plus years, and this is the first offseason that we're like, wow, we're the first team that's made the first move, and then the second move, and then the third move. Mm-hmm. Are, are other teams doing anything? Cause I haven't seen anything that other yeah. teams are doing. We're making these moves and, and we're doing it at a pace that gets me excited that Perry's not done. Like he's still mm-hmm. going to continue to move forward. I just don't think the angels make this move simply because I think he's working on some sort of fancy trade or fancy mm-hmm. signing because he's already done that. And We weren't expecting Hunter Renfro. We weren't expecting Urshela. We weren't expecting these moves. We weren't expecting Tyler Anderson. You were, but not the rest of us. We weren't expecting Tyler Anderson to sign. And and Perry's made those moves. And this is what I really like about those moves. It's not repeating what he did last year. He didn't go Mm -hmm. back to get Noah. He didn't go back to get Lorenzen. Still an option for both. But he didn't go back and get them and just settle there. He wants to improve this team. I think Senga improves this team. I just don't think that Perry's in the mindset right now to go with a status quo. I think he's got some really creative things up his sleeve, and I think he's going to tackle those things in the next few weeks and months. Johnny should, not do, but should the Angels make this move?
1: It makes the team better. It makes the rotation better. Yep. I even think with the question marks about how his skills are going to translate, look, I'll take a four or five at worst and a two at best in this rotation. So if it makes the team better, I'm all for it. However, like you said, Perry Minasian has surprised us with the kind of moves that he's been making. And so I think it's almost impossible to predict if this is the route that they're going. They're interested. They've been rumored to be connected to Senga. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did make this move. I think that they should because it will immediately improve the team. However, I I will say that the five starting pitchers we have now, Shohei, Detmers, Suarez, Sandoval, Anderson, adding a number six to that rotation, I feel pretty good about. So if the Angels are going to save money in the pitching department and spend that elsewhere or take on a salary or make a trade and take on that salary from the trade, that money might be better served elsewhere. And I'm just worried about with all the competition around the signing of Kodai Sanga right. that the Angels will have to reach deep into their pockets to make it. So I kind of cheated there. I said, should they make this move? Yes, it makes the team better. But also, I think if you want to stretch the budget and spend more money in other areas of need, like shortstop, then I'm not sure Kodai Sanga is the move uh, to make for the Angels this time
0: well thanks for making locked on angels your first listen of the day now make your next listen the locked on sports today podcast they share some of the biggest stories of the day instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day they're available on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts
1: so how do you guys feel about kodai senga after we've made the case we listed the pros the cons and gave you our final verdict and our opinions now we want to hear from you so get in our mentions at locked on angels or at super halo bros on twitter in fact if you got some time over the weekend while you're resting up from eating all that turkey and taking naps and watching college football why don't you
0: send us a message or a voicemail because mike Monday is Mailbag Monday, so we would love to answer your questions. We would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Did we make the case for Kodai Sangha? And maybe Perry makes another move this weekend. We can talk yeah. all about it. Give us a call, 714-409-6396. We would love to hear from you. Tweet at us, talk to us on Instagram, comment below, and send us a voicemail. That
1: voicemail number will be in the episode description on YouTube and wherever you're listening. Until Monday, we hope you have a great holiday weekend. And we hope that you got to spend time with your loved ones and the ones you care about the most. And we love spending time with you as well. So we hope we'll see you again on Monday. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's gonna do it for this episode of Locked On Angels, and we'll see ya on Monday.